Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my discussion and talk about reusing old content. If you're familiar with my videos and podcasts, I talk about this quite a bit, actually. And I wanted to dive into a discussion about how I think they can use old content, and I think they should reuse old content. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash rage. And if I'm not live, click the follow button, or you can hit like and subscribe on YouTube. That helps me out as well. So... This is a common thing in Destiny. We've been talking about the quote-unquote recycled or reused content probably since House of Wolves where we ran some of the strikes and some of the missions backwards and people really felt like they got kind of cheated. They were like, there was, you know, it wasn't a new thing. It wasn't a new place. You know, they reskinned some of the enemies and there were people even back then that, that thought they weren't really getting their money's worth. So this has been an ongoing conversation all the way back to like 2015. So for four years or so, we've been talking about should or should they not repurpose and reuse existing content and existing structure. I have been a very, very strong proponent of yes, they should. And I'm going to talk about why in this video. The first I'm going to say, the first part of the video is basically going to be like, which is worse, which is worse, reusing content or just leaving it behind. Secondly, I'm going to say, at the very least, I think they should be trying to refresh old content or NPCs or planetary stuff. And then lastly, I want to talk about bolstering the annual pass, because the annual pass is going to be a la carte. And what that means is, is that if they offer an annual pass segment in, I think they said the dates were winter, spring, and summer. If spring isn't really going to hook you and pull you in, a lot of that, I think, can be really dictated by the content within and so i want to talk about being able to bolster the annual pass by looking at you know i'm gonna i'm gonna actually try and keep the the director up here for us to look at because there's so much on the director that i think that really like adds to this conversation because there's so much in the game already so let's talk about which is worse if you look at the director and imagine all the planets all the npcs and all of the activities being repurposed and reused it's actually a lot of content if you consider year one especially that's one of the places where i think there's a lot of things that could be brought forward new bosses new mechanics new loot pools etc i'm not just saying leave the content as is and raise the power level that's not at all what i'm saying but they could really afford to look at all of the planets and all of the activities and try to do something with them to make them repurposed, reused, recycled, etc. Adding a few activities is great, like brand new activities. We've gotten new activities this annual pass, right? You got the, the forges, then you got the reckoning and prime, and then you got the menagerie. And then now we have the Triumph Hall. Adding new activities is great. I don't know if the Tribute Hall is really an activity, but you get the point. I think adding new activities is awesome. I'm glad that they're doing it. But ignoring so much content that is already in the game that is completely irrelevant and not engaged with now, I think that is a worse problem than to... I don't, And I also don't think they're pitted against each other. It's not like, well, they either make new content or repurpose. I think they can do a bit of both. And I think a lot of the times in these discussions, people lose sight of that. They're like, well, if they repurpose content, then we're not going to be getting new. And I don't think that that's how we should look at this. Let's just list through some of the things just from year one that are completely untouched and irrelevant right now. Escalation Protocol. Infinite Forest. Now, I know Infinite Forest got repurposed for the Haunted Forest and the Verdant Forest. I know that, but I still think there's potential for Infinite Forest to be a weekly loopable good loot pool grind. Okay? 
So Escalation Protocol, Infinite Forest, the Osiris Forge, like forging weapons with Osiris. That's something that could be repurposed as well. Blind Well. I mean, Blind Well, every once in a while, people are kind of using it right now. We tend to use it either for a quest that requires it or to cheese something because it's like we can go in there and get something done relatively quickly load yourself in the strike playlist and go to blind well like that's the most activity blind well's getting blind well actually in my opinion never landed as loopable content never landed as a good loot pursuit piece of content and that's why I think that could be repurposed as well now once you get into year 2 there's other things I think they could do not right away but further on down the line the black armory forges reckoning the menagerie okay what if a year from now all that content were to get repurposed you ha- you're not going to touch the black armory forges probably in the next 12 months and if 12 months from now they decide to repurpose them rebuild them restructure them put new loot in there i don't think there's anything wrong with that so that's why the opening of this video is which is worse which is worse to reuse and repurpose content or to just completely leave it in the dustbin again you've really got to look at the director whenever you're considering this because there's so much in the game and that transitions into my next segment here at least refresh at least do a refresh okay i would at least want bungie to do that look at how many planets there are there are six planets and there are two other additional locations tangled shore and dreaming city so there's eight total planetary NPCs with their own loot pools that could be utilized and repurposed, refreshed, given the year 2 treatment, given the armor 2.0 treatment, whatever they're doing in September, you could do it to every single one of these planets, their NPCs, their activities, their weekly grind, the flashpoints, whatever, the adventures. There's there's literally there's literally nothing going on on these planets at all right now and to be against them repurposing that i think is is a big danger because then they just sort of sit there as like a well what what why are even these planets in the game right now even when it's a flashpoint once you're max level you know milestones we, we probably should do a completely separate you know video about milestones but you get the point like these these things could be at least refreshed okay there's three year one activities three year one activities that could at least get refreshed you don't have to repurpose them, rebuild them. You know, you just refresh them. You have Osiris Forges, the Infinite Forest, and Escalation Protocol. That's all year one stuff. It's all year one stuff. We're about to go into year three. I think that would be fair for those things to get repurposed, reused, or at least, as I said, refreshed. Now, the tower NPCs as well. You got to consider the tower NPCs in this discussion. They've getting, they've been getting like moderate refreshes, moderate. But I think they could be more done there as well uh you've got shacks you've got zavala you've got the drifter the gunsmith you've got ikora i mean you've you've got uh, ada all of them could be given like a nice refresh a nice recycle a nice little extra coat of paint it needs to feel like the game is moving forward and having new things and new pursuits for you to do and i think the npcs and their loot pools are one of the ways to do this not to mention NPCs in the tower, I would love to see Faction Rally get something. Like, repurpose it, reuse it, recycle it, do something with Faction Rally as well. Now, I, I'm, I'm being passionate about this because I do think people start to lose sight of always having a small slice of the game I don't think is the way forward for Destiny, personally. When I told you guys that I felt like Ada's bounties were the future of loot pursuit in Destiny and then we got the, we got the chalice, I think people are starting to see that that's true. I'm going to make another pronouncement. I really do think that the future of Destiny is not always having like a slice that you're playing. Like we're going to be in the uh, just what the moon 
all of September, October, November, December. Like, no, I think taking the rest of the game, making it relevant, repurposing it, restructuring milestones, NPCs, the loot pools, the activities, etc. That, I believe, is the future of this game, so it feels more MMO, more RPG, so the whole world feels relevant and important to you. Lastly, let's talk about bolster the past, bolster the annual pass. I'm not saying to just give us old instead of new. I am definitely not saying that. I don't want just old stuff. I want new stuff. We know we're getting Shadowkeep. We know we're getting Moon. New activities. When I interviewed DJ D3, I made sure to confirm there is a new raid just so everybody could see it. It was a nice parallel, you know, from no raid to new raid. New raid. We're getting a new raid, right? And I didn't press him on any information, but like, I know we're getting new content in September, okay? I get that. Now... On top of that, you can really bolster that new content, especially the annual pass content, with repurposing old things that no one's touching. Also consider new light. Also consider how many players are going to jump in and completely bypass year one, not really touch it. This would give them a reason to play it alongside of any existing players, keeping the funnel full, keeping matchmaking going. That way the, the, the content's relevant, whether it's Escalation Protocol, Infinite Forest, you know, the Osiris Forge, keeping those things relevant for the people that come in through new light or come back to the game and haven't really touched it. Maybe you barely touched Osiris. Maybe you barely touched year one. This would be a way to bring not only the whole game together but also bringing the actual community together so you know centered around the activities themselves I think you could use it as a way to increase each annual pass piece so that you feel like you're getting far more for your money because again it's a la carte uh, if you are really really selling the annual pass as something that is separate and individual then the value needs to be there you need to make each piece as full and as big as possible after one week all content is old anyway and we're running content loops I mean that's the fact like once after a week or two you're running the content loops anyway so what does it matter are you really going to defend oh no it must be new must be new must be new it's only really new for one week anyway the lion's share of the time that you spend in destiny is in content that is familiar that you run through quickly and it becomes a content loop there is so much value on the table if they were to repurpose old stuff and change the loot pools we shouldn't fight against it we should encourage smart implementation of it if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live probably live right now twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all my content appreciate you listening and watching please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about reusing old content. I'm going to keep the director up here for the duration of the talk because I reference it a lot throughout the talk. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If I'm not live, click the follow button on my Twitch channel. You can always hit like and subscribe on YouTube as well. And that helps me out. Want to jump in to the Q&A right away. We've been trying to make these a little bit faster for those that listen in the other places so they don't kind of drone on. And again, I am going to keep the director up. I think it's important to look at this when thinking about how much year one content could be repurposed, how many NPCs and loot pools and planetary loot pools could be at least refreshed or repurposed and reused. Uh, So I'm just going to keep that up. Pegatron says... Do you see this more as reusing content or bringing forward content from D1 to D2 like the community has been asking for since D2 dropped? Now, he gave me a heads up and said that this question was with reference to the fact that, like, Crota is in Shadowkeep. Some people thought they saw Axis. So, you know, bringing that stuff back. Is this reusing or bringing forward content? I would say it's going to be bringing forward. I don't know if they're just going to be like, yeah, here's the Dark Below. You know, here's here's Crota's Endraid. You know, here's, here's Wrath of the Machine. 
I don't know if they're ever going to do that. I mean, I think we would all like them to do that. I don't know if there's going to be a strong enough impetus to say, oh, let's bring forward these these old these old raids and 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 because such a small percentage of the community engages with raids, how much time it would take to basically rebuild them. But if they're going to reuse Crota and have him in quest lines or strikes or missions, that's entirely different. I'm seeing it as maybe being similar to how we fought the Barons in Forsaken. We're going to be maybe refighting some of these bosses in unique fights because the Baron fights were very unique. And then they could. I just want that to be loopable content. You can't really do loopable content with the adventures on the Tangled Shore, which I believe is really, really unfortunate. The Hangman fight, the the Mindbender fight, you know, the Mad Bomber. There were so many good fights with those, and you can really only do those when it's the Flashpoint, and then it's only once a day. So, you know, I, I would love it if they would, if they do bring these some of these you know iconic bosses back. Make sure it's done in a way where the content's not one and done. I'm always disappointed by that. And we've had that big debate here before, too. Like, don't do strikes as story missions when I'm playing through a brand new campaign. I don't know why you wouldn't want them to to feed you content that's brand new, fresh experience, new experience, and fun. And then they put it in a container over here and say, oh, and you can loop this later for gear grind or leveling or whatever. Jake's Like Cake says, should Bungie change the Whisper in Zero Hour Quests? Not for the weapons, but for strikes or something that let us explore the areas. I think you're basically saying, could we go in there without a timer because you want to like explore and look for stuff? I don't think that's a super necessary thing right now. I mean, if they're going to repurpose those quests, that would be odd because those were very, you know, the the, the break-off quest for the spindle in D1. I mean, you don't need to repurpose stuff like that. They're cool. They're mysterious. They're their own thing. Just yesterday... I was on IO doing something for the a bounty and we were in the area on IO where the whisper quest spawns and I went up to a guy and I inspected him. This guy was 369 power. He's running double primary and all Leviathan gear. And I was like, let's get this guy the whisper. Let's just send him an invite. So we sent him an invite. I go kill the random dude. We open up the portal. We take him in. We get him whisper. It was fun. It was neat. I don't know if you want to start changing those missions because that's just kind of like what they're there for, you know? My man was still in year one. He was literally year one. It was so adorable and precious. And we were like, let's get this guy the whisper. We wanted to get him an outbreak. Somebody in the community was going to try and buy him Forsaken. And then we we're going to try and like find him again one day and get him outbreak. Because outbreak's arguably a better weapon now. You know, Spindle's okay. Uh, whisper's okay. But outbreak's really nice. So, I mean... It, at this point, I think that those quests can just sort of stay as they are because they're for one particular item. EP, Infinite Force, Blind Well, Osiris Forges, Black Armory Forges, you know, Reckoning. All those things could be, you know, repurposed later on down the line because they're loopable, grindable, loot pool-based activities, and these, and these quests aren't. SS Rhoda says, Do you think they should bring back a few like two or three armor sets from D1. The fan favorites like the Trials ones, for example, or even give them to the Eververse. If you're doing anything with Trials armor, right? If you're doing anything with Trials armor, my recommendation would be to do that with Trials. Don't, I would, I would not, I don't think that would go over very well. (laughs) As much as people love the way that armor looks, I think people would really feel like they were getting jebated if you brought back Trials armor and it was just like in the Eververse. Now, if you want to bring back 
if you want to bring back the you know some of the, maybe the token sets not from raids and stuff I don't know maybe just some of the more iconic sets from D1 I'd be okay with that but I don't I just I really don't think that we need to be bringing back trials gear or raid gear because especially a lot of that stuff was you know it was it was meant to be encased in time I think <clears throat> I thought it was free says off topic can you address the tribute cheese I mean there's not much to say other than people figured out they could keep continue to like leave and come back and leave and come back and get all the tributes they need I mean it, it, sometimes there's just weird glitches and shortcuts and loopholes that people find I don't really care that people are doing it Iceman X, uh, BX3 any hopes or thoughts for PvP changes next year or D2 well, right now, we're in a holding pattern, right? We're waiting for that conversation. They're supposed to be having a conversation with us this summer about the uh, the state of PvP and what they want to do with it. And I, um, I think at this point, they would want to maybe consider having that conversation more, you know, sooner than later. Uh, that that would be that would be my recommendation. Um, so I, it. If if they're going if they're going to if if they're going to have that conversation with us, I, I'm not. Maybe they're waiting. I don't know when is Gamescom. Maybe they want to wait until Gamescom is over or something. At this point, it's like why are we? I thought they were going to get back from Guardian Con and jump right into the conversation personally. And obviously next year it's it's Gaming Community Expo. But you know Guardian Con was what we just had, right? <clears throat> I thought they were going to get back from that and jump right into it. This week's. This week's TWAB was very nothing. Nothing was said, and that's fine. I'm not criticizing them. I, sometimes there's less to say. That's gonna that's gonna that's gonna happen. Um, so I, I, August, if Gamescom is in August, if they're waiting till after Gamescom, that's too far. I mean, that's that's September's right around the corner at that point. So I would think it's gonna be it's going to be in the coming next two weeks it's got to be you wait too long you're in august and then they're gearing up for gamescom and talking to us about that so i would think it's got to be in the next couple of weeks king kinsarian says hey lono how would you feel if content fed into each other with perks and mods for instance running strikes gambit crucible gives light level to go into nightfall iron banner raids horde like activity and the perks from those help the heroic raids comp trials etc the heroics giving the highest but not only chances for enhanced gear i mean you're just outlining an entire system that doesn't exist right now so i I just i don't think we need to completely change the way that destiny works this sounds like a completely different game it just it sounds like like you kind of dreamed up this idea of like everything can feed itself and that's just not how it's ever worked i don't want to have to go do anything else to then go into other activities now if you want to say oh you can do normal strikes that feeds into heroic we've already kind of outlined how that worked in the old raids and how we want to return to that and previous talks peter iliak do you think hardcore players uh will be able to actively maintain all three characters in shadow keep especially if borderlands is so highly anticipated well, I mean, things always settle down, right? Things always settle down. You get to a point in Destiny where you know what you're chasing, you know what you're working on each week, and your engagement kind of hits a hits an equilibrium. The same thing happens with Borderlands. People are going to know life, grind their faces off in Borderlands. They're going to want to do all the things first, see all the things first, and then... You know, a month later, they'll be they'll be more rhythmic in their engagement with Borderlands, maybe DLC, maybe whatever. I think people will hit, hit equilibrium. They always tend to do that. Um, 
So I think main quote unquote maintaining three characters may not happen right away like it used to. You might not be diehard all day every day Destiny. Well, maybe you will at least until the raid, and then after the raid you might settle down. I would think that this is a great problem to have, and I don't think it's going to be. I don't think anybody's going to be frustrated by it. I think they'll be glad to have have lots to do and lots of games to play. Uh, Jay Freeman, getting back into Destiny, did the speaker have a ghost? Confused on how Gaul killed him, and wish they would have continued his storyline. It would be awesome to see him come back in D3. I don't know if he had a ghost. I don't know if he's really dead. I mean, they indicate there's a ghost line that seems to indicate that he's dead. I think he could sit, he could come back. I, if they can bring back Aldrin, they can bring back, you know, they can bring back the speaker. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if they even have desire to bring him back. If they're going to bring back a character to be like a central figure for the new story, like Jettison, it would be the stranger instead of the speaker. But again, we have no idea what their goals are with that. I, and there's no reason to really speculate. Taffy, how would you feel about a story mission playlist that awards planetary material upon completion based on the planet the mission is and an emblem that tracks total story missions completed? Well, story missions are kind of weird because they always have, you know, a handful to pick from and they're basically just there for like a milestone and then if there's like a quest or a bounty or something that like wants you to do daily story missions, you tend to like, let's pick the fastest one. I said the other day it'd be good if it was just like some type of material farm of some sort. Depending on the planet that it's on, I don't know about that. Then you would need a daily story mission. You'd need eight each week so you could pick one from every spot. Um, I don't know. To me, if I'm going to grind a planet for materials, I feel like that's something I should be doing on patrol, lost sectors, and public events. If I'm running that loop, I should be getting a pretty good amount of materials. I honestly don't know what they should do with story missions. I don't. Um, the only thing I can think they could do with story missions is do some type of curated thing where there's modifiers, there's weird things and required things, and the fights change because of what you're doing. I just don't know where they fit because I think what ends up happening is you get this far into the game and do you really want to go run some story mission that, you know, for all intents and purposes takes you five or six minutes? What's the point? What's the point in that content? It's very bottom rung content. There's nothing really to it because it was a story mission. It was a one off. It was kind of a throwaway. So I have yet to come up with what I think is a good solution for the story, the daily story mission playlist. The one and only JD. Besides retooling the Infinite Force and Escalation Protocol, what are some types of activities you'd like to see them reuse or retool to bring new life to them? Osiris's Forge and Blind Well would be two things I would set my sights on. Um, they've already done good things with the Infinite Forest, with Haunted Forest and the Verdant Forest, but I mean, it could obviously be there all the time. And you know you said escalation protocol. So Osiris's forge and the blind well, I think, could really, really be given significant better treatment, or at the very least, just kind of again, I said refresh it so it has the right it has the right loot in it instead of old loot like old year one loot. Cold killer. Well, not blind well doesn't have old year one loot, but there's not really an intentional grind in there. Cold killer. Should Bungie make a raid that cannot be completed in an hour or two, uh, even on multiple playthroughs? No, I don't think so. If you create a raid that even once mastered takes me 
more than two hours, I'm not going to touch that, dude. You, I mean, you would have to have a reward structure and a checkpoint system that would really make it uh, appealing. Because right now, the reward structure, it ain't there. The checkpoint system already is, but man, oh man, dude, if I'm going to put an hour of my time in and only get like a third of the raid done, let's say one hour is one third of the raid. Bro, I better come away with some just nuts loot. Because that means, you know, over the course of the week, if I take an hour a day, I'm going to get, you know, maybe two complete raid runs done on two different characters. Uh, So, I don't think that is proportionate to the rest of Destiny. Now, people might push back and be like, but Lono, they said they're really going to be leaning into the MMO, the RPG. That's fine, and that's well and good, but I think they can lean into that within their identity and within their their existing structures. Because, okay, because, if if I'm going from like 5-minute story missions, 10-minute strikes, 10-minute nightfalls, 15-minute menagerie runs, and then I go into a raid that's 3 hours, that just seems ludicrous. That's such a jump. Uh, so it doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem like it fits within the confines of how they've kind of set up destiny. Now, if you want to create a real long-term grind in the raid, grinding for materials, being able to grind for drops after the first three, that seems more in line with a more RPG, more MMO, more long-term grind. MMO doesn't mean a multi-hour raid. Right, sometimes an MMO just means it's more complex. It's more grindy. The the payout takes longer. Things like that. Um, and yeah, and what Wob is saying is really helpful too. You have to consider, right now, a really good team can run a raid in 20 or 30 minutes. That's a really good team. That same raid can really trip people up and it can take some people an hour, two hours, three hours. So imagine if the best teams are taking three hours to run a raid that they've made insanely long and challenging that raid would then i mean you're talking about you're talking about engagement levels that would be so low it almost wouldn't even be worth making the content evil the waffler you've said it before we need loot incentive to get us back into the old content i don't think just making year one loot into year two or year three is enough do you if not uh what would be the new loot well that would again that would be to bolster if i could go grind you know, EDZ activities and get year three Lincoln Green, year three old fashioned, I would do it. And I believe that you would too. Now, if it's on top of other brand new pieces of loot, brand new guns, brand new armor pieces, brand new activities. That's why I, I don't, this is not in place of, this is in addition to. I'm trying to add more to the game. I'm trying to add more to the annual pass and to the DLC. I'm not trying to replace new I'm trying to stack something else on top of it because there's a lot of pieces of armor and there's a lot of dope armor sets in this game that unfortunately are just kind of sitting on the shelf the year one shelf Brex204 with the talk of reusing old content what are your thoughts on being able to reuse old armor sets such as Crucible Vanguard etc I think you previously mentioned doing something similar to how Eververse armor sets be in the future and making them ornament and apply yeah I just kind of touched on that in the last question Re- repurposing, reusing, and having those things be earnable, grindable. I don't I don't think they're going to tell you 
Oh, hey, you really like the armor set from Titan? Yeah, you can use that as an ornament set. I don't think they're going to do that, and here's why. I think they'd rather, or at least they should, set up ways for you to grind for that. If you really, really want a full set of Titan armor with certain perks, allowing you to grind for that would be, I think, a really, really smart idea. And then you couldn't, you couldn't like argue and say, dude, I can't get a full Titan set with the stuff that I want. No, you could. I believe that you could. I believe that if they gave you the way to do it. The reason they're turning Eververse armor into ornaments is they don't want people spending money in the Eververse going for God rolls. You know, and that's why they're doing this. So my hope would be any armor set that's in the game that can be the the armor 2.0 system would be armor that I can pursue and grind for so that I can get... Oh man, look at these gauntlets from this planet. I really want these with X roll on them. Really empowering me to chase those. I would rather chase them than just be like, oh, I got them. Let me slap them as an ornament on a piece that I already have that's already god roll. Does that make sense? I think armor grind should be far more intentional. Right now, you just end up wearing what you get a god roll on, and then you kind of move on. No, I haven't made the announcement yet, Texas. I'm still waiting. Evil the Waffler. I agree they should reuse old stuff, but if they did, everyone at once, I feel... But if they did, everyone at once, I feel, will have a matchmaking problem. I think they should be broken into seasonal updates. Thoughts? Well, yeah, that I kind of said that. If, like, each annual pass... So let's say in the winter annual pass injection, which lands in, like, December, they bring back the Osiris Forge and there's like a grind there you can loop with him okay and that's in addition to the rest of the content you don't really need matchmaking for that and then let's say in the spring they bring back Escalation Protocol in addition to whatever other thing they're doing I mean if they're maintaining healthy player base numbers I don't think that would be a problem because right now, the danger would be people would be coming back through New Light. They would hear about Escalation Protocol. Maybe they really want to get some of the weapons. Maybe they want to get the armor set because they think it looks dope. And they can't because nobody's going there. But when you repurpose and refresh the content, people will be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going in there. That looks good. Llama God. Reusing old vendors uh, needs a lot of work. I think each vendor should have a pinnacle armor piece or class item to give them use. How would you make vendors useful again? Vendors need a seasonal rank that resets every season, and that seasonal rank should allow you to level up throughout the season and get a ghost, ship, and sparrow, and then perhaps you don't have to update their armor pieces, but maybe ornaments, and then maybe like one or two guns a season. Even if you just did one gun a season. That's eight planetary vendors. That's eight new guns a season that they each could kind of get for you to chase. And then there's the vendors in the tower. Zavala, Shax, Drifter. That's 11. I mean, I, that's a lot of just... I mean, that's, I don't know. That's a lot of stuff to chase. Even if it's only one per. HB Sumo. What do you think about making year one and year two content more streamlined? As a returning player that stopped at Warmind, I'm really overwhelmed with Forsaken Plus content. I can't imagine when Shadowkeep comes in. Well, when Shadowkeep comes in with new light... And whatever shortcuts they put in the game, you'll be able to jumpstart yourself to 750 and just jump right into Shadowkeep. But this is another reason to repurpose content. You're going to have players that feel like they missed out on Eras of Destiny that they could say, you know, I, they could call it something. Like, I know Ikora had her memories, 
They could call it something like that. You know, every every annual past content is going to have a uh, a reimagined version of old content, and we're going to call this, you know, I don't know, remembering the past or something. And so, whenever the December thing lands, they're funneling people to stuff that ordinarily they wouldn't funnel to, which is helpful for people that just jumped in with new lights to be like, oh, some of the old content's relevant now. There's more people on Mercury. There's more people going to Escalation Protocol. There's more people in Blind Well. Does that make sense? Like, it would be a way to say, hey, welcome to Destiny. Other stuff matters beyond Shadowkeep. Other stuff matters beyond this one or two new activities. Amish Milkman. Do you think they could have a planetary idea for each? Nessus and Earth have forges. Dreaming City has well. Mars has EP. But Tangled Shore, Io, Mercury, and Titan have no activity. Well, Mercury has infinite forest. Kind of. So that's not necessarily true. So we'll take that one off the table. And then we'll say Tangled Shore, Io, and Titan. Yeah, like it'd be cool if like Io had something with uh, how, you know how we spawn that, that door that takes you to the whisper quest it'd be cool if there was some type of activity like that on io to like go hand in hand with the fact that something weird's happening on io and take and have a presence there tangled shore could be something cool with the with the barons so there could be like a a baron boss gauntlet or something where you fight the barons in like a boss gauntlet format and put really cool weapons on them or armor on them titan i don't really have one for titan something inside of the unused areas because they have the area uh, all the way over here, the solarium. Maybe put something in that big, huge room. It's like a shopping mall area. Uh, it's really cool. Um, you know, th- those, they could do something, yeah, with those. I, th- th- I don't know if it needs to be every planet. My main goal with this conversation is to really drive home the idea that we should be okay with them reusing stuff, and Bungie should really, I think, you know, take the time to consider how useful some of that old content really is you know there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that can be can be repurposed and i think at the moment it's been long enough that i don't think anybody could legitimately complain defo side do you think it should be good to refresh planet npc like at the last two weeks of the season just to get us by in those final things of the season like i've really pushed for the planetary npcs I've really, really pushed for the planetary NPCs to be refreshed. I don't know if this is good enough, though. Doing it the last two weeks would be weird to me. I would say the last two weeks is when you could do some type of, like, faction rally or arms week or something. I don't know. Basically, what they've been doing is, is the end of the season. Is at the end of the season, they start to do something mysterious. They start to do weapon quests and stuff. So, Misery175, what's your opinion on refreshed planetary bounty loot pursuits being tied to Flashpoint weeks to add player incentive that want to grind for it, being that it could only work on that planet's loot during those weeks specifically? Refresh planetary bounty loot pursuits. Yeah, I, I think people have said something like this before. They're like, well, Lono, if every planet has bounties and weapon and loot pursuits on them, you're really going to spread the community out. My hope would be that that wouldn't be the case, right? 
my hope would be that like every planet would be bursting with activity and people would be constantly going you know going to all the planets every planet you go to would have some would have people on it because everybody's doing whatever they want each week what you're talking about isn't a bad idea because you're basically saying no only when it's a flashpoint my biggest problem with that is there's eight total flashpoints potentially nine once the moon is here that's a i mean that is a long time that is two entire months that you would have to wait before you could grind for whatever hand cannon that you want on nessus or shotgun on earth you see what i'm saying you i that i think that would be a mistake it sounds good but i think the the result would be i didn't get the role that i wanted i literally have to wait eight weeks before mine comes back again that is two months and if you're on vacation that week you are literally in the greatest sense you are completely screwed i don't think that's a good idea rhythmic urgency is really really good your idea sounds great but i think in practice this rhythmic urgency would be so frustrating for the player base it wouldn't work so maybe what you could do is each each week maybe the flashpoint has like a heightened deficiency all the planets have all their bounties each week but when your planet if like let's say there's a hand cannon you really want on nessus and nessus happens to be the flashpoint maybe they could make it a higher efficiency like you complete the bounty way faster so then you really want to take advantage of the flashpoint and it really funnels people there but if you're like i already got a god roll from nessus I really want to go for the pulse rifle from Mars. Well, then that's going to dictate where you go. So we could kind of take the spirit of your idea and just implement it in a different way. Afro Samurai. Bro, what do you think of not being able to reprint randomized loot? Uh, they're coming up with a way to let us do it. As far as maybe storing a static roll, storing a roll that you find, I don't know. They haven't said, but they are trying to come up with a solution for you to pull randomized gear out of the collection. I pooted says, would you prefer to see Atheon, Crota, and all of them repurposed in strikes or a menagerie type activity, or would you prefer to see the old raids come back? In that order of importance, old raids coming back would probably be the best, and then like a menagerie-like activity where they're the boss at the very end, and then putting them in strikes. I think putting them in strikes is a total disrespect of what they represent in the game. And if they do that in Shadowkeep, I'll reserve judgment, but man oh man, I don't really think Crota and Axis deserve to be put into a strike. I think they could be put into a story mission, and then their actual... The culmination of their existence in the game and their fight should be a unique activity where you go and, like, they're the big boss at the end. They're the nightmare at the end. Like, if, if, if they're calling them nightmares, I think they're going to be in something like Menagerie. Um... So, yeah, Shadow of Oryx belongs in a strike, not Oryx himself, or Crota, etc. I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. I So, I, obviously, I would love the old raids to come back. I think that's unlikely. I think what's m- the most likely thing is there will be a loopable, grind, hordish-style piece of content on the moon um, where maybe they'll just call it Living Nightmares or something. I don't know what they would call it, right? But... Eris is going to be your NPC. She's going to send you in there the way that Werner does, and she'll have bounties and stuff, and you'll grind it, and then it'll end each week with a different boss. So, three or four bosses. You know, Crota, Axis. Honestly, they could just do the four raid bosses from D1. 
Crota, Atheon, Oryx, and Axis, and there you go. That's your four rotating bosses in whatever activity is coming with Shadowkeep. <clears throat> Poka! Pokey Natcha says, Do you think Bungie went too far in requiring Bright Death to purchase some of the tributes? Seems like a blatant attempt to drain our supplies before Shadowkeep, especially knowing how the economy will change come September. I think everybody that takes this sort of this position about it, you're looking through the wrong end of the telescope. You can slowly work your way up with the discount and get to the point that it's really, really cheap to buy the tributes. So commit to doing that, right? Commit to doing that. And then I would say that'll make it feel a little less painful. If you're just trying to do it day one, well then yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're draining your storehouses, but nobody's twisting your arm. You could take it slow. Like I am. I've spent some of my resources. I went to Spider, did some little exchanging, did a little bartering with the old man, and I, and I went back. But I'm not going crazy. You know, I'm not literally emptying everything I have on it. H. Uh, Helios says, Would you like to see old raids be brought back? Of course, just answer this a little bit ago. Uh, Avexus, how do you feel about the state of the clan system would you be opposed to an overhaul I read some really neat suggestions from the community like clan spaces that can be customized house vendors act as real social space member blah 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 yes 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 clans need help uh, number one increase clan size to I don't know at least 200 maybe 500 increase clan size for Pete's sakes especially with cross platform now um, I'm sorry cross save with cross platform saving do that. You know, give us give us larger clans. Okay. Second thing, earning the ability to design your own shaders and emblems would be awesome for clan solidarity. The I've already talked about this so many so many times before. Okay. If I go into um, here and I look at my clan banner, all right, my clan banner is using design elements that already exist in Destiny. That wolf face. These colors are from the the I think it's called the dark crimson or the whatever it's called. There's a crimson shader from Crimson Days that uh, oh that's a cool staff that uh, it's already in the game. Those chevrons etc. So it wouldn't be that hard to let us go into the same place where we designed the clan banner to design shaders to design uh, crimson valor is what it's called. Yeah yeah yeah. To design shaders to design. The, the staff to design an emblem I think they could do that as far as giving us like a, a, a house vendor or like a customized clan space I'm not going to die on that hill because that level of quality of life improvement for clans isn't really increasing the grind and the hobbyist like in, in experience it's like a cherry on top and I don't think we need a lot of cherries on top right now I think we really need to bolster the the main courses the, the mean potatoes, okay, the mean potatoes of Destiny needs to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I think a lot of times an idea like this comes out and it's like, man, that sounds great, but you can't cover the table. You can't cover the table with cherries. We need a meal, right? We need to be able to eat. Um, we got to be able, we got to be able to have like main course daily consumption of food and a lot of the times, I think people ask for cherries and whipped cream. And cherries and whipped cream are great. They're great capstones to dessert. But that's not food. You can't live off that, right? And in a hobbyist-style game, we need to live off of the content. And this sounds so good. But I'm, I'm not going to mess with this day in, day out. And even people that are really, really involved in their clans... 
would would probably not really engage with it that much. I mean, you would a little bit, but then it's just kind of like, how often is that really going to add to your experience the way that extra strikes or loopable content or loot pursuits or things like the chalice, things like Ada's bounties, you know, things like that add to your daily grind. Um, and you know, that's, we want more courses to the meal. And once that's well established, then maybe they could start thinking about adding those, um, adding those things, adding those extra, extra value points. Born Phenom says, Do you believe the community exaggerates the reuse asset tow line? I've seen someone complain about the prison strike when it clearly is just play- paying homage to D1 prison activity. I think people ignore the fact that a lot of people playing D2 have never played D1, and that'll change too with New Light in September. There'll be a lot of new folks. They also ignore that D1 players request older exotics and nostalgic content all the time. Uh, people went back to the uh, people want to go back to the moon, Venus, etc. They want the older Crucible maps. Most people agree even the D1 armor looks better than D2. Okay, so this is a pretty good example of how to not submit a question. I appreciate what you're doing here, but the first part's question, do you believe the community exaggerates the reused asset toe line? And then you wrote five lines of just like your thoughts on the matter. That's fine, but try not to do this with questions. It's okay to pepper a little bit of your thoughts in there, but this is kind of, I mean, it even fills the question answer box. So just dial it back a little bit just a little bit i like your contribution just i don't want this to become the standard question format so i agree with you obviously if you listen to the talk i do think people go a little bit overboard in the criticism about content being reused if people are really criticizing the fact that we're in the prison for like the warden's law the warden of nothing strike that warden of nothing strike is not a re it's not a reusing of the prison of elders if somebody actually tried to tell me that's like recycled content i mean i'm la- i i am literally laughing in your face if you legitimately think the warden of nothing strike is just a recycled prison of elders because that is just insanely false and not true it's just not it's just not true so i think people do go too far with it and i as i said at the end of my talk one week into the content you're looping through familiar content Right? I mean, think about it. Think about it. One week into the menagerie, it's not. It, well, okay. So I'm sorry. Three weeks into the menagerie, because there's three different bosses. Three weeks into the menagerie, and you know what it is. It's you're repeating content that you know what it is. Honestly, during the first, during the second week, it's the same. It's just a different boss at the end. It's the same content. Strikes the new the new patrollable area whatever now people might push back and say Bologna the Dreaming City changed over time you know the Menagerie did change a little bit over time then there was the heroic version blah 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 that's fine but the truth of the matter is once you get into the grind the content's not new anymore you're just you're just looping through it so why deny yourself something imagine that they repurpose escalation protocol but it's not new who cares? It would only be new for a week anyway, and then you'd be in there grinding, and then the bosses would rotate each week. Who gives a frick? If the loot is dope, and they make some changes to the experience and the boss fights and the mechanics, it's a new piece of content for you to go chase loot in. Are you really playing through the menagerie and like, oh my gosh, dude, this is so thrilling. So new and fresh every time. No. You memorize where the enemies spawn from, you come up with ways to kill the bosses as fast as possible, and you get into the trenches. You know? You get into the trenches. So there's nothing wrong with reusing old content. Everything becomes old content. All words are made up. Luke Thugwalker. 
Now, I mean, that's a name right there. Luke Skywalker becomes Luke Thugwalker in this side-scrolling pixel art <laughs> hack and slash brawler. Uh, why haven't the forges been used to re-roll existing weapons and armor or to be used to masterwork our gear? I'm just saying the forge is wasted content. Yeah, I don't want reforging. I don't want repurpose. I don't want to do that. Reforging content, uh, reforging your guns isn't good. I liked re, re, re-rolling your armor and wrath because that was different. I mean, armor is not the same as a gun and you had to get the currency from the raid. So it kind of was fitting. It was like getting extra gauntlets, extra boots anyway, right? If you think about it. So I was okay with it in that context, but I don't want you taking some hand cannon to the forge on Mercury and just dumping currency into it and re-rolling it. We don't want reforging to come back. But I do think you could keep, you could take the idea of what the forge is, satisfy it, spits out a gun, satisfy it, spits out a gun, and treat it the way that Ada's bounties and the, and the chalice works. Reckless Gambit. Have we heard anything about changes to shaders? Everyone is telling me I can scrap everything about the Everest. Does that include shaders? Yeah. Everything that you want to get out of the collection, you'll be able to get and it won't cost you bright dust. One of the problems right now is that if you go into collections and you go to flare and you go to shaders and you're like, I really like blazing virtue. It costs glimmer and bright dust that is changing in September. It will not cross cost bright dust. I don't know if they said what it will cost, but they did say it will not cost you bright dust anymore. Uh, the day they announced this, it was actually really serendipitous because the day they announced this, I was criticizing that morning. I was trying to rebuy a sparrow. It's going to cost legendary shards. Okay. I was trying to rebuy a sparrow so that it would have instant summon and I was spending bright dust. It's like, okay, I just bought this thing from the Eververse because it's new and I wanted it and I bought it with bright dust. And now you're making me buy it over and over again with more bright dust to get the right, to get the right roll on it. And just that, that day, that night they announced, they were like, yeah, it's not going to cost bright dust anymore. And I was like, that's a great change. Same thing with shaders. So you can dismantle everything. And then, you know, unless you're a huge fan of a certain shader, just keep the stack. So you don't have to waste shards later to pull it back out. If you know, you're going to use it. Um, I hand, Hanamaragic. I'm not really sure how to say this one. Ilhanamaragic says, What is your favorite class and why? What is the best class for PvP, PvE in your opinion? The best class for PvE is probably a Well of Radiance Warlock with Luna Factions. Or if you want to run the Phoenix Protocol, it actually works really, really well right now with the Bad Juju. I would probably say a Well of Radiance Warlock is the strongest PvE class in the game right now. Most influential, most helpful. My favorite class is a way of a thousand cuts hunter way of a thousand cuts hunter is really really fun uh the shards of galanor nerf is still a sore subject for me but it's still a fun it's still a fun um it's still a fun subclass i am skolas do you think that bringing back an updated moon is a test to see if it works well we can see updated venus or cosmodrome maybe maybe or they just really wanted to bring Eris Morn back and they thought it made the most sense to have it like start with the moon. We could also get like how we got the Tangled Shore and the Dreaming City. We could be getting the moon and the Dreadnought. Because Eris kind of goes hand in hand with both the moon and the Dreadnought. So we'll have to wait and see. 
the real slim Haiti off topic but most of us are sitting on 200 plus runes are we expected to do 200 plus runs of menagerie surely they have to give rooms another purpose well I mean this is why I think they should consider uh, giving us something to do with the runes themselves um, because it, it does feel a little bit uh, it does feel a little strange that you you end up with an absolute just stockpile even a rune exchange would be nice. I have 42 rune of joy, 40 rune of the beast, 41 rune of gluttony, 47 rune of ambition. I mean, and then obviously you can tell what I was farming for. I only have five rune of desire. I was going for gauntlets, so I only have four rune of cunning, 12 rune of wealth because I was going for shotguns. And then I'm low on green runes in general because I was using those as well. Um, so I... I guess I don't play the activities to give runes enough because that's I don't have a stockpile as, as high as some of the people in chat are boasting of right now. But I think uh, I think they need to come up with something because especially considering they've really really lowered you know the efficiency of menagerie because it was kind of crazy efficient and now it's not as efficient because they got rid of the you know the they got rid of the the ability for you to open the chest multiple times. I think that maybe they should consider at least giving us rune exchange so that you could say, hey, you know, I want this rune and I'm going to trade. I'm going to trade for it. I still think they need to come back. I was hoping they were going to do it this Thursday, give a little hat tip and say, we're still looking at the menagerie and we're wanting to see like, can we, you know, can we, can we, can we find a happy middle ground? And they didn't say anything. I was wanting to check uh, the engagement numbers. The engagement numbers are probably pretty fine because of the tribute hall. Yeah, we're still high 800,000s for PvE, but Crucible, here's something interesting. Crucible got a bit of a bump. Crucible is now up from where it was, and that's probably because people have pivoted away from the Menagerie. Uh, 400,000 Crucible according to Guardians GG, but it's it's showing like a 700,000 on Destiny Tracker. I guess that includes Gambit. So maybe Destiny Tracker's getting a big bump. I'm sorry, maybe Gambit's getting a big bump. I don't know. It seems that people have kind of maybe shifted away into those other activities. Uh, oh, Mayhem. Mayhem. Yep, 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 yep. I don't think Mayhem tracks on Guardian GG sometimes. Sometimes I think the new game modes or the other game modes glitch out. In any case, in any case, I still am hoping that they come back next week or something and say, we're looking into a solution for the Menagerie. I guarantee you that the, the engagement's just going to drop. Because here's what's going to happen. Everybody pivoted to the Tribute Hall, and then they're all going to finish that and the bad juju, and then next week's going to land. And I don't know when Solstice of Heroes starts, but I, I, I think Menagerie's just going to really, really drop. Um, and then they're going to have to, you know, maybe deal with that and, and talk about what they're, what they're going to try to do, you know. Maybe not. Maybe they're still happy with the engagement numbers. Maybe people don't really care. Oh, the 30th is when uh, Solstice starts? Okay, I'll be out of town for that. How long does Solstice start? That stinks. I'll miss that we- that first week of it. Kids next dorks, do you think Bungie could make old destinations more relevant and populated by making a pinnacle weapon for one of the destinations each season with objectives around that destination? I mean, the answer to this question is so obviously yes. If they make the, of course, yes. If they if they if they put a pinnacle weapon on the EDZ, 
Do you think they could make the, that place more relevant and more populated if they put a pinnacle weapon there? Well, yes. That's like saying if you throw candy on the floor of a nursery, are they, are kids gonna you know jump on the floor and try and get it? Of course, of course, of course. If they did that, it would make it more popular. The, the, the what I'm trying to do is, I'm not trying to herd cats and push people around in the different pockets of the game. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to fill the game up with stuff so that you don't feel like, well, I've not been to Titan in, you know, six months or Mercury or Mars. Or why even bother with the flashpoints or the milestones or the strikes or the daily missions? I'm trying to make it difficult for you to say that. There should be a lot in the game so that you're just like, dude, what do I want to chase this week? What do I want to do this week? And unfortunately, Menagerie's nerf, I feel like has kind of hurt that for some people because I think that was kind of what everyone looked forward to each day. Kraken Jack says, Is Bungie afraid of people not playing? Is that why they're creating such a strong currency type economy? If so, why do I still have 7,000 Baryon Bow? Well, they obviously got to figure out what to do with the Baryon Bow because I think a lot of people have a lot of it. I don't think they're... I don't think what they're doing right now has anything to do with, like, afraid that people are going to stop playing. I think they're just creating a good spectrum. If you have a ton of stuff saved up, you can jumpstart the Catalyst Grind. If you don't have a ton of stuff saved up, you can slow grind the discount, and it's a great spectrum of player solution, just like the Menagerie is a great spectrum of player solution. Hardcore team assists can burn it down in 10 minutes, a casual player can get it done in probably 20 minutes, and it's not failable, they get their loot. You know what I'm saying? Shadowhunter. Are you worried they're going to give us Triumph Armor that is only useful for this summer like they did last year? You know, it'd be really cool for them to introduce Armor 2.0 with Solstice, but I don't know. That seems really early, but somebody said it starts on the 30th. So basically that would be, you can see my calendar popping up here. Uh, I mean, basically that would get us, so, you know, the 30th of that gets us, I mean, that's like two full months. I don't know. That seems early. That seems really, really early. Because if by the time you're done with Solstice is three weeks later, that means halfway through August, you've got like a full month with that armor. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think about... I'm, I'm thinking through the implications of that and what that would mean. I, if it's just one armor set, I think it would be okay. And maybe it would be like an introduction into the armor system or something. I don't know. I don't know. It seems early is all I'm going to say. King Kinsarian. With all the lore and stories involving hand cannons, does it feel like hand cannons are the lightsabers of destiny? I'm sure it's a coincidence, but since the groundwork is already there, they could run with it even if they are barely made new exotic hand cannons in the future. I don't want them to lean into this. I would rather them start to lean into, you know, give us legendary trace rifles, give us other exotics and other pinnacles. I don't think you want to lean into making hand cannons. The lightsabers of destiny. Young Spinish man. Do you think the player base uh, off Menagerie has dropped after the patch? Kind of just talked about this. It probably has naturally gone down for a handful of reasons. People are focusing on the tributes and the triumphs, moments of triumph, but they're probably also focusing on the fact that it's not as rewarding. It's probably a perfect storm. So Menagerie engagement probably has gone down a little bit or a lot. Taffy. Okay, hear me out. With story missions, what if they did something like Sonic Adventure 2? 
Okay, I'm glad you said hear me out at the beginning here, because this is about to be a journey, I feel. Depending on how fast and efficient you did a story mission, it'll give you a rank. S, A, B, C, D. And if you got S on all story missions, it'll give you some exotic weapon or something. Okay, I actually like where your head's at because it would give you a particular... This kind of goes hand-in-hand with what I was saying where I was like, give us a particular way to play the story mission with like modifiers or curated loadouts or something. I kind of like where your head's at. It's like, if you do this in this story mission, maybe there's challenges along the way. Maybe you pull your ghost out and there's like these challenges. And the more challenges you complete in that story mission, the higher your rank. But I don't necessarily know how it would tie it to an exotic. I would say make it more along the lines of uh, the reward structure maybe every time you get an s like a like like the highest rank um maybe every time you get that you get like a ton of currency or something or you get some you know some something that's valuable that we that we're all needing and grinding for if you've got something that we need and you put it in those That'd be a nice way to grind for it. Because think about it, you kind of like methodically go through your week like, alright, I'm going to get my resources and my currency up, I'm going to run a couple story missions, get some good S and A grades, then I'm going to jump to strikes, grind for the grind for the gun that I want, because Zavala's got this new bounty system where I just stay in the Vanguard playlist all day and get a bunch of drops on the same weapon. Then I'm going to go to the Nightfalls, get some of my experience, maybe chase a Nightfall specific reward, maybe get some milestones. It would create a nice spectrum within the Vanguard like hopper you know you click you click on this you click on the vanguard it would kind of scale up it's like currency specific grind with zavala and then over here like nightfall specific rewards like really powerful rewards something like that i don't know yeah you could do a point system like john is saying um ghost phase killer with 100 bits thank you sava uh savas theodoro how do you think they could possibly reuse the Whisper and Outbreak missions? Already got this question. I don't think they need to do that. Slayer X. Remember when we made that important decision to side with Drifter or Vanguard? It was supposed to shape the future of our game and character. What do you think the deal is with that and it will actually be revisited? I don't know if the way you're describing it is how they described it to us. So I don't know if they're ever going to do anything significant with it. <laughs> Lord of Time says, What are these economy changes people say are coming? There's a bunch of people that have been quoting Bungie at saying your resources, your economy, your materials, whatever, are going to be more important in September. I don't remember hearing that. I don't remember seeing that. Maybe it's something in the in the uh, maybe it's something in the in the vid doc that I missed. Um, maybe I completely missed it and glossed over it. Um, I don't know. I, I've, I've, uh, to me, I, I've not heard it say. Is there anybody in chat that can give a quote? Maybe. Um, there was a message popped up before we chose who to side with, and it will have implications. I don't remember that verbiage about that mission either. I just don't know when Bungie said this about the currency. But people in chat don't typically like make things up, especially the people that have been saying it. I mean, trustworthy people have been coming in and saying like, yeah, Bungie said currency and, 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 and our mats are going to matter more in September. I'm just not sure when and how it was said. Like, what the what was the phrasing? What was the verbiage used? We might have to do a little research to find that. Ice the Axeman. 
you mentioned about players maybe not wanting to go back to replay missions. Did you not go back in D1 to do the mission at a higher level? Maybe they could do that again. Oh, I would love it if Difficulty Spectrum came back to the game. I would love it if there was more Difficulty Spectrum. I would love it if I could set a public space to 750 and have a bounty or reward system attached to that. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. Strikes 2. I would love that. I think that would be fantastic. I think that would be a great way to kind of... And this is something that I think needs to happen with the end game of Destiny, okay? This is something that needs to happen with the end game of Destiny. This is basically saying, once you're max level, the game changes. So many games do this, and it's such a good look. It's such a good move. You hit max level. Now the real grind begins. You're like, what? What the frick does that mean? You know? Um, oh, somebody's got the decision image right here. Thank you, Subaru. So question and answer little segment thing is going to look a little bit weird here. Okay, so this is the, this is to deal with the question from the person that asked about it, right? The drifter thing. Stand with the Vanguard. The decision has consequences. This character will experience different quest content and receive different rewards than characters who stand with the drifter. Okay, they honored that. Uh, the drifter will remember your choice. This character will have complete access to the Warlock Honor, honor Log Lore Book. This choice may impact future content for this character. I, I think maybe we read a little bit too much into it. I don't know. 750 Patrol and Lono still complains about Delta. Lol. 750 Patrol is not a Delta. 750 Patrol would mean it would be at level, which would feel more challenging than what like public spaces feel like they do now. Right? And if I'm doing it for a specific grind, like... I would go into Heroic Menagerie if there was loot in there worth getting. I would turn on 750 Patrols if there was loot worth chasing. Don't you see? I think Delta isn't the best way to add challenge, but a 15-level Delta isn't the best way to make Heroic Menagerie feel truly challenging. You know? But again, a world tier system that would enable you to have new loot pursuits and new things to chase isn't the same as, oh, we just made Leviathan where you're underleveled, or we just made Heroic Menagerie where you're underleveled, right? You'd be under because you're not 51? It was more of a joke. Well, right, but I mean, it's a fair joke to make, though, because I am very much anti-Delta, but turning a public space up to 750 it isn't even remotely the same as Menagerie being a 15-level static Delta. You know, we're always under level in that environment. Always. And then they add really punishing modifiers, and then there's no really good loot to chase. Heroic Menagerie just felt really flat with the community, I think. Um, Young Spinach Man. Do you think Bungie needs to bring back the Menagerie chest glitch? And do you think the Menagerie will suffer without the chest glitch? I don't think they should bring it back. I think a middle ground. Three guaranteed chests on normal. A a potential five on heroic. If you do a perfect run, two extra chests spawn on heroic, five total. That's what I think they should do. I just think that's such an easy, easy fix. Now, it might not be easy on the development side, but I feel like that's a really easy and fair way to win win back some, some favor from the community. Ihanna Miragic says, What are your thoughts on the PvP pinnacles being insane in PvE? Do you feel PvP guns should be good in PvP and PvE guns in PvE? I dealt with this question a lot, and this is what I've been trying to say to people. 
what makes a gun good in PvP will automatically make it good in PvE, and here's why. If a gun is good in PvP, it's good at what? Doing damage quickly and efficiently. That's ultimately what it comes down to. This gun does damage very quickly and efficiently. I'm killing guardians very quickly. Man, oh man, that's going to be great in, in, in PvE, because that's the same sim- that's just, just kind of the pain point in PvE, right? I need to be able to do damage quickly and efficiently. I got trash mobs, I got mi- I got majors, I got shielded majors, I got mini bosses and bosses. What's What am I supposed to do to these enemies? You do damage quickly and efficiently to them. Now, a gun being really, really good in PvE doesn't necessarily make it good in PvP, and here's why. Sometimes there are specific things that you have to do in PvE that you're not ever really going to do in PvP. Like dumping whisper rounds into a boss's crit spot. Standing in a well and using spike nades because you can get direct impact on the enemy. Well, I mean, you know, direct impact on the enemy with spike nades or using the Wendigo. Using the tractor cannon to debuff the enemy and then you you see what I'm saying? Like, a lot of the times when you leave PvE... You're like, man, oh man, this was so good against this boss. This was so good in this environment. Well, you're not necessarily encountering that in PvP. So it doesn't necessarily... The road doesn't go both ways. It's like it's a lopsided road, admittedly. It's a lopsided road. Would you use the last word in PvE? Yeah, but you could even argue, though, Bishop, that the last word does damage quickly and efficiently in a very specific context in PvP. And it's an exotic, right? This question's about pinnacles, so you're also changing categories on me, right? This is about pinnacles. And the reason that that's so, that's the reason that you don't use the last word in PvE is number one, it's an exotic. And number two, it's very contextually limited to like super close range. Now, I know some people use it pretty good at far range, but in general, that's not a few. We're kind of jumping train tracks here. So I, you know. People like to use the Ace of Spades. People like to use the Ace of Spades in PvE. It's a strong gun. Ace of Spades with chromatic fire as well, you know? Valiant says, Do you think that's been exacerbated by the the seemingly bland perk pool right now? Previously, perks dictated if a gun was PvP or PvE. Man, that's such a good shade of, of, of color and light to cast on the subject right now. Think about that for a second. Pinnacles are outclassing and becoming really god tier because it's just it's so clear that they're given perks that are different stand out and strong and the perk pool for everything else is bland you know look at the perk pool look at the guns in the raid aspirational content generic loot pool generic perk pool doesn't even feel like raid gear like if i if i grab a player from year one destiny one from Vogue, and I'm like, hey buddy, take a look at this auto rifle. Take a look at this shotgun and this machine gun. What do you think of these weapons? Do these look like raid weapons to you? R- rank them. Is this a raid weapon, endgame weapon? Is this a you know an average meat and potatoes weapon? Or is this like is this like a vendor weapon? Ten out of ten people from Destiny One Year One would look at the raid gear from Curse of Crown of Sorrows and they'd be like, it's like vendor weapon, meat and potatoes weapon. You know, it's pretty basic. There's nothing special about it, you know. Even year two, even year two, year three, Destiny one players would say that because Wrath of the Machine weapons had had some pretty cool things on them. So that's another reason why Pinnacles just seem to just completely outclass and outshine 
because they're you know you're giving them strength and unique perks and we just we don't have enough of that in the perk pool right now and that's another mmo rpg depth change that i hope to see in september because i i'm really sick of chasing outlaw rampage i you know i really am and i think they need to figure out how to do that how to how to add that depth and power without breaking the game or without trivializing content you know if well it wouldn't necessarily trivialize content if the bar on legendaries go across the board goes up then they can raise like the damage pools and health pools of the enemies as well but the problem with that is you got to do that in all the content um and if you do it in all the content then it hurts people who don't have the new weapons so it's a very fine dance close uh close vision I wish there were activities that would that could count a lot more to get exotics. Like you could in a D1 Nightfall and Raids and Trials, always the easiest way to get exotics. You think they will ever go back to a system like that in D1? They might need to consider doing this for people coming in from New Light. So if you're coming in New Light, there should be every exotic before Shadow Keep should have like a tiered drop rate in certain activities. Nightfalls, for example, anything that's challenging, you know, anything that's like loopable, you could say something like that. You could say, well, you know, this, this, this piece of content, this piece of content is going to be a piece of content that has a good exotic drop rate for all exotics that are, that predate Shadow Keep. Because if you get new light, you want to let those people have some sort of a pathway to exotics that and, and it shouldn't be like buying them from Zuri each week. That seems kind of silly. I think it'd be pretty exciting for them to be like, dude, I just got this exotic today. And you're like, oh yeah, what'd you get? And they're like, dude, I got the, I got the, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think because a lot of the good ones are ones that you would get from specific, uh, specific locations well, not armor, right? Phoenix Protocol rig, stuff like that. You know, you go into going you go into the armor, going to the exotic armor especially, and I think that there's a lot of stuff in here that'd be really exciting to get as a new light player that needs to, these that all this stuff needs a crazy high drop rate for people that are coming in late to the game. Um so that would be, I think, you know, that would be, I think, you know, the important way to structure this. Because if not, you're, you're, you're really, really, really going to struggle, I think, to, I think people are going to feel like, man, oh man, I just, I can't get any, I can't get anything going. I can't get anything to land. Um, well, that's good. Well, that's really good. Excellent. Sorry, I got an email. That's awesome. Perfect. Okay. Um, so yeah, they're, they're going to have to think about that. Uh, Hannah Maragic says, How are, uh, now that we're talking about raids, what do you think they can do to fix raid armor and weapons? Like, for instance, I think in Crota's End, there was a piece that gave you more mobility when holding a sword. I have a whole talk on this, okay? So I don't want to spend too much time on this. I already have a whole talk on raid gear how it should work. They need to recapture Wrath of the Machine. Okay? Wrath of the Machine checked uh, every box. It checked every box. Okay? Unique perks on the armor, internal currency, extra chests at the encounters, unique perks on the guns, very rewarding. Wrath of the Machine. 
if the raid team is looking at oh, how do we do the loot pool for the raid in September just go back and look at Wrath of the Machine and replicate that and everyone will throw confetti in the air because Last Wish Scourge of the Past and Crown of Sorrow the raid gear is unacceptable it's unacceptable I'm not trying to be like I want to speak to your manager boss like bossy pants right now but it's unacceptable I just 1k voices in anarchy are not enough it's it's not enough stop giving me plain jane gear in the raid stop giving me plain jane armor in the raid uh enhanced perks that that's an in, that's an insult <laughs> that's an insult <laughs> in light of what we got in d1 so go back to d1 enhanced perks are laughable in comparison to the coolness of the armor in the d1 raids the guns as well it's unacceptable i would love i mean ooh, i would love to sit down with somebody from the raid team get them on the rageous round team and be like what's what's your goal for raid gear going forward can you admit that there is a significant difference between the raid gear in Destiny 1 and the raid gear in the last three raids? Like, can we at least admit there's a difference? Now, if, if we want to say it's a qualitative difference, we can say that's subjective, but it's really not subjective, okay? Perks are perks. That's objective. So if the gear in the raid is essentially equal to the gear outside the raid, and in many cases outclassed by gear outside the raid, the Awestringer, for frick's sake, like the rolls you can get on the Awestringer, the rolls you can get on the shotgun outside the raid, they're better. They're better. Like, that should not be a thing. That should not be a thing. And... I'm going to bang on that drum for a while because I, if I was on the raid team, the raid design team, do you know how ticked I would be that we designed these amazing, awesome, elaborate, super cool raids? Last Wish, Scourge, and Crown of Sorrow are some of the best raid content we've ever gotten. Some of the best we've ever gotten. The setup, the lore, the sense of size and scope, the fights, the creativity, they're awesome. And the gear just falls flat i would be ticked if i was on the raid team like what are you doing like what are you doing we designed these awesome encounters and there's no reason to run them you know uh ginger ninja with 11 months thank you it's difficult when menagerie is end game it's way more accessible compared to the raid here's the thing here's the thing i'm actually fine with the with the caliber of gear in the menagerie it's exactly how it should be when I go into the raid, when I go into the raid, it, it, it should go up, it should go up a notch. Genesis chain, perks on wrath armor. I had increased resistance when holding a charge, increased agility when holding a cannon, more heavy ammo on the ground. I forget what the helmet did. It was something with orbs of light. Like, come on, come on, bring it back, bring it back. It was good. It worked. It worked. And if you're like, but we don't want people to feel like they're missing out forget that noise if you're gonna lean into mmorpg that's one of many ways that they can do just that rusty i saw a suggestion on reddit to make perfect paradox and exotic the frick maybe use the mission and a small quest to make it exotic or result in a new gun and exotic i i don't know why this needs to happen do you support bungie doing this sort of thing rose illumina man oh man they'd have to make that gun crazy good if I'm going to use an exotic shotgun, okay, you're going to have to make that thing really, really good. Because shotguns are brute force weapons. 
so I mean you're gonna have to make that thing really really shine um you know you'd have to call it the you know Saint, the something of Saint 14 like name it after him make it look kind of like the helmet a little bit Dudo, it would have to really really be nuts you know I don't know <laughs> I don't know Captain Dumplin this was probably asked before raid currency seems like a boring and plain right now since people get most of the raid gear from doing the raids themselves what would be your go to raid NPC oh like a raid currency no, the only reason a raid NPC should exist is so that you can raise your rank with a raid NPC and like earn emblems and ornaments for your raid gear. So if you're grinding raids every week, then your currency, your in quotations, your currency with the raid NPC should be like a rank. So imagine, and this was something that was not in D1, and this is something that's not really landing in D2. It's kind of there, but they're not really landing it. Imagine if we could have run wrath of the machine a hundred times and got an emblem from the npc 150 times ornament for our armor 150 i'm sorry 200 times ornaments for our guns that's like that's a freaking slam dunk that capstone so well with an internal currency in the raid so you have a reason to run it more than three times a week raids have not arrived they have not Raids fell off the train tracks. We need to get them back on the train tracks and take them further down the further down the road. They have not arrived. They're beautifully designed and they're awesome, but there's so much about them that they just don't get right. They just don't. Only running three a week, no really long-term investment testimony, no NPC attached to them, gear's not that great. Like, there's a lot of things that just aren't really landing with raids. They gotta land it. Like... The design team can build great raids. We know that. It's undeniable. Undeniable. Even even if I don't like Leviathan, at the very least, Leviathan is actually creative and beautiful and ornate, okay? So the design team, just keep doing what you're doing. But the loot pool team needs a complete shift in philosophy. There needs to be a total change on how the raid is viewed as a grindable activity. Because I believe they take some of their best content in Destiny 2 and they let it fall flat because the incentive and the and the experience and that reward just isn't there. The carrot has to justify the journey. We've said this before. The carrot has to justify the journey. Why am I going to go in there and grind each week? What's the carrot? What am I chasing? And when the carrot is mediocre gear that doesn't stand out, you just completely invalidated the journey and people don't go in there. Raid raid engagement in D2 has to be significantly lower than it was in D1. It just has to be. I don't know. I I, it, I don't have the facts and the sheets in front of me, but they're just. I find it very hard to believe this community is in the raids week out, week, week in, week out. I really do. I find it very hard to believe. And the reason I feel like I can say that is we built this community here in this Discord around running raids, and I know I kind of fell off, and that does affect the community, but. Even when I wasn't raiding that much in D1, this community still was raiding a lot week in, week out. It was kind of popping in the Discord, and it just isn't anymore. So. El Pinto Loco. Do you think it would be better if Bungie released first light, a new light, it's called new light, at least one week before Shadowkeep to give new players breathing room? I think new light and cross save should try to come a week early. Yes, I think that's a good, I think that's something that they might want to consider, or maybe they already have considered it. Sean, do you think Bungie needs to make Strikes, Nightfalls, and other PvE content 
uh, harder and challenging compared to D1. It feels too easy. Um, Reckoning is just frustrating. Love your content, by the way. Oh, and the challenging content we have, Reckoning is just frustrating. Well, I don't know about you, dude, but I never found strikes to be that hard in D1 or Nightfalls, unless it was like a really bad combination, like Arc Burn on the... Um, oh, what was the strike in the Plague Lands with the big ogre, and he had the eyeball, and he had the guy with him, and it was called the... Oh, I'm going to see it in chat, and I'm going to be mad that I couldn't remember it. The the uh, the frick chat I have to cheat I can't dude I can't figure it out wretched eye dang it I want to say the cursed the cursed eye that gummit I hate when I forget stuff like that wretched eye was really bad with arc burn because like the shanks would come down in the room and like one shot you on nightfall but for the most part I actually don't think the d1 strikes or nightfalls were that difficult um I don't know if we ever really struggled with them depends it had to be the right modifier combinations that exists now you could give yourself really bad modifier combinations and make a nightfall super punishing and not fun you could do that right now yeah solar burn with cabal the the, the shield brothers like you could do that right now if you really wanted to come on like you can check off the boxes for the nightfall so that's not a fair comparison strikes in general yes saber with uh what was it it was like the saber strike with arc burn and the, the thing that made our, our secondaries really strong, the wire rifles would kill you in one shot outside from from the fallen catches. That was freaking terrible. Struggle with Omnigol? No, Omnigol was easy. You just slow walk her. Even once they throw you in the room, you can kind of cheese her if you go in the right places. She was also pretty easy to melt with the right modifiers. Evil the Waffler. I agree the raid loot should be the best. Thoughts on if they would have made Menagerie all year one or earlier forsaken loot and raid would be new loot only no 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 no. that's a terrible idea I, that's a terrible idea new content should have new loot i'm not trying to take away from menagerie or other new loot pools make the raid loot pool better it's just like the loot pools here and then there's new loot and stuff like menagerie and the forges and stuff and then the raid should just be like a tier above that's all uh m reed why chase pinnacle weapons only for Bungie to nerf them when uh, to where they are garbage? Uh, I don't. I'm not answering a question like that. Defo side. Do you think they should put the menagerie weapons in the raid, but make them adept versions? I mean, that would have been at least a step in the right direction. An adept, you know, curated Austringer would have been dope. But you got to let me run the raid more than three times a week then, because that's a pretty big loot pool. Hanamaragic says, what's your take on D1 class-specific weapons like the Tlaylock for Warlocks to divide the player base? I don't like class-specific weapons. Sorry, I never have. Not much other to say than that. The Bastarv says, in Shadowkeep, where do you think the vendor for Shadowkeep will be on the moon, Eris Morn? Um, unfollow for getting dissed? Cool, bye. Juicy Jake, Lono, which do you think is more important for raid weapons? Uh, powerful or unique? Anarchy is definitely not the strongest grenade launcher in the game, but it's definitely unique and special. Why are you making me pick between the two, though? I would probably put unique a little bit above. I'd put it a little bit above, right? Because, like, if it's unique and you get a god roll, then it's 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 at the it's a pin it's at the pinnacle like of the pyramid, but it's also unique, right? I kind of want both. Why can't you give me both? Why, Juicy Jake? Why are you denying me here? Like, I want both. I would put Unique a little bit above Powerful just because, like, if you're gonna... If you're not gonna make it significantly stronger, at least make it Unique. Like, the Genesis Chain is a good example of that. It wasn't super... 
you know, it wasn't super strong, but it was unique. Follow for telling the dude who unfollowed bye. <laughs> Thank you. By the way, if you guys are enjoying this content in this segment and the back and forth, the Q&A and the conversation, I try to give you like a radio show. I don't really play while I'm doing this. It helps me give a little bit better answers and we can move through questions a little bit faster. We've done roughly 60 questions already. Remember to click the follow button on the channel. That does help support me and, and make sure that you don't miss out on these, uh, these pieces. Um, and I do have an important announcement I'll get to make today. Charles Edward Cheese. Do you feel like Bungie sort of shot themselves in the foot with pinnacles in relation to raid gear? Like they seem to be reserving unique perks for pinnacle weapons as opposed to raid weapons. Well, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. Even if pinnacles didn't exist, I would say this. I, I, I just, I think raid weapons should be different than the rest of the loot pool. You know? Constock says, or Constock says, do you feel as if armor sets and where they come from should be superior in all facets of the game or just where it comes from. I have an entire talk about how they could use the collections. I think the collections should basically become your vault and that's where you store the role of the gun that you got that you like and maybe you could store up to three or something. If not, you can store one in collections and then the vaults for all of your your duplicates and extras. Like, let's say you got like three rolls on the Ostringer that you kind of like. I have one for PvE and one for PvP, right? So I could store one in the collections and then store one in the vault, okay? Then you have a loadout system that interacts with the collections system so if there's an entire armor set from the EDZ that gives me benefits on the EDZ and an EDZ strikes well then I could go into collections check off all those EDZ pieces of armor check off the the guns that I like and I could say okay I just loaded into a strike it's EDZ I pull up my menu say give me that loadout boom and it changes all my gear having a loadout system that interacts with the collection system and the collection system basically becomes a glorified vault I think would be a great step forward in quality of life and then it would really empower Bungie to be like you know what Every armor set, every planet, every activity, every activity armor set can have little bits of benefits here and there because you can very easily change your loadout by the push of a button now. Duplis, why do you think they still give us 300 seconds at the end of Menagerie? It was never for the chest. It was for lore. It was for lore. Also, do you think they should give us more chests at the end of Menagerie? Duplis, you are here every day and I love you and you know the answer to these questions. You know the answer to both. You know what I think about this. Three for normal, possible five for heroic, and the timers for the lore. It's for exploration. Who knows? There could be secrets in there we haven't found yet. I don't know. Maybe some doors open or something And you know, after we beat certain bosses. Maybe every boss has a secret door. Maybe every boss has a secret thing that happens. We don't know. Maybe they're going to unlock stuff in the future. We don't know. The Bastard says, Why do you think about, What do you think about earning a pinnacle weapon from a raid? Is it not an exotic? How do you think that would work? I think you're thinking too small. You're thinking too small. What if every single weapon in the raid had a curated role, and that curated role had a unique perk, and it was essentially a pinnacle? So imagine the Genesis chain dropping with random rolls, and most of the rolls are okay, they're fine. It's a decent auto rifle, but then the curated Genesis chain is what we got in Wrath. It's curated, it's got focused Firefly on it, you can't get that perk anywhere else. Imagine if, like, the Breakneck was in a raid, and you're grinding for the Breakneck, and you're basically getting a bunch of Hazard of the Casts, and then it drops curated, fully masterworked, and it's got Onslaught on it. Don't you see? You're thinking too small. 
curated roles and pinnacle weapons need to come together and have a baby and it needs to be in the raid like every weapons curated role should be unique and you can't get that anywhere else even if it's something simplistic like yesterday i said what did i say um burning frenzy when you get a kill and you reload with its feeding frenzy it makes the next clip in the gun have random incendiary rounds I ain't gonna do that much, but it's cool and it's unique, and it's, you can only get it on the curated. Maybe in the right scenarios, you could really dump damage over time rounds on a boss or a major or something. I don't freaking know, but do it. Like, like curated rolls is such a great iteration and evolution of random rolls. It's so smart. Just have them, you know, meet up and do a little kissy face and make a baby, and then because that's how babies are made, kids. And then they, and then those weapons go into the raid, and, and then the raid has unique gear, and then you can grind for it. And now that you've done that, now that you've added that layer of grind, now you have justification to say, oh, you can run the raid more than three times a week. Done. Clip it, ship it, button and zip it. Like that's 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 how they should do raids. Because then you'd be like, why are they letting us run so many raids in a week? Because the odds of you getting the curated and the loot pool depth, I mean, it's, it, it would take you a while. It would take you a while. Hanamoragic, going for a record number of questions today. How do you think they should bring back scout rifles and, uh, and ARs? I don't think they are too hot right now. Uh, scout rifles should hip fire like an auto rifle or an SMG to make them versatile at close range, make them deadly. Um... I know that might break Crucible, but you could make them stronger in PvE. They've done buffs separately in PvE recently, so you could make the hip fire of a scout rifle really strong. It could be like an SMG or an auto rifle. So when you hip fire, it's like da 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 And then you have the long-range scout, you know, damage. I think long-range scout damage should be close to a sniper. It should just be really freaking strong in PvE. You should just be popping heads. If you're choosing to aim that far and take those shots, just let me pop heads. Make them really, really strong. Auto rifles kind of a I don't know kind of a same deal uh, with auto rifles I feel like you just really need to buff them in PVE uh, you know I, I think auto rifles should I'm trying to think of how you could really do it I don't think auto rifles should be so focused on critical damage what if auto rifles were like a really good spray weapon in PVE and if you get a bunch of body damage it could it could buff the next clip or something something intrinsic to make auto rifles a different style of weapon hand cannons it's crit 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 you know so think of it like this a hand cannon and a shotgun are on opposite ends of the spectrum a shotgun is just stuff it in their belly and just boom 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 and then a hand cannon is hit the crit hit the crit hit the crit okay i feel like an auto rifle is like in the middle it's like it needs to kind of pull from both weapon types. It needs to be really good at it, like just sort of body spamming. And if it's really good at body spamming, uh, then they could add different types of different types of perks and things to make auto rifles take on a whole new role. I just don't think auto rifles f- function that well because you have to hit headshots, and then the headshot damage multiplier is just not strong enough. And then if you miss the headshots, then you're missing your shots and you're wasting ammo. Um, AR is just point and shoot. Boring. Well, it might be boring to you, but I mean, if they made them viable, then, you know, people, people could use them. You know? 
So, you just started your talk. I went on a jog, 2K, had a shower, still caught a ton of questions. I'm now fitter and smarter. Thank you, Jaggy. DJ Akari, do you think raid weapons should have intrinsic perks to help make the raid easier? Yes, for example. Yeah, I don't need to read your example. Yes, raid guns should also have intrinsic perks like Oracle Disruptor. They need to be awesome. They need to have awesome roles, but they also need to have something like Oracle Disruptor. Charles Edward Cheese, how would you feel about a successful raid challenge completions guaranteeing a pinnacle curated drop? Yeah, I'd be okay with that. You can only do one a week, though, because it's a bounty. See? Doesn't this pair well? Once a week, you can kind of be like, I get a guarantee. Now, it might not be the weapon or piece that you want, but like it would guarantee you from that thing. And that pairs well with a raid that you're grinding you know, a ton. Dan Papa, what if they went off of a bullet system? A 506 is warmer than 7.26 rounds base on the rounds and then fill it with energy weapons. What the frick did you just type? What if they went off of a bullet system? 506 is warmer than 7.26 rounds base. Oh, for the 7.26 rounds. Base it on the rounds and then fill in the energy weapons. Bro, I, I don't know what this is. I... I don't know what you're trying to say to me. I'm going to give you a chance to maybe clarify in the chat for damage. Okay. You're maybe 506 is warmer than 7.26 rounds. Sounds like the caliber of the rounds. Oh, he's trying to say like a 0.566, a 0.556 is warmer than 7.26. He means 556 five, and 762. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um They could maybe bring something like that to auto rifles. Yeah, that like uh if the caliber is higher, the gun's more unwieldy, but it can do more damage. So like imagine an auto rifle with like higher caliber rounds. It'd be really, really hard to, to shoot it. But if you could get it, if you could get some like if you could get a good stability roll on there, get some good mods, maybe even have mods for your gauntlets that add stability for auto rifles, like they're real good at like absorbing the shock, then you could have something that's like hitting like a dadgum truck, because the caliber of the rounds, you know, is is higher. Uh, Cash Gaming. Do you think Shadowkeep is going to be an expansion of new Hive lore, or will we see some answers to the current branches? I have no idea, dude. On the topic of powerful armor sets, how would you feel about Raid Strike, Quick Play, Gambit, ETC armor sets that have passive perk built into them, just like the Rat King? Yeah, I mean, I this is you're just you're kind of just taking the idea I just kind of outlined and slamming it back at me. That's what a set bonus is. So I just I just outlined this. I said. You know, a whole set that would give me some benefits while I'm on the EDC, and I'd click the loadout, and I'd get that loadout. I mean, I just outlined this idea. Maybe you missed it, but, but I'm not going to engage with it because I, I, I literally just kind of said this a, a moment ago. Um, Oreo Wizard. We all know Sweet Business is kind of a victim of being a D2 vanilla launch influence exotic. Do you think it would be fair or broken standing still while shooting it get an Actium War Rig effect automatically? Nah, we're getting too down in minutia now. We're, I'm, I'm going to chop it. We're done because these questions are getting way too specific. I think a lot of the year one exotics should be turned into pinnacle legendaries like the Graviton Lance and a couple others. Maybe tone them down a little bit and, and turn them into like pinnacles you could grind for. Stuff like that. Because now somebody's saying give ARs an underbarrel like a shotgun. We're getting too down into specific suggestions. We're kind of leaving Q&A and getting into like 
people are just rapid firing ideas at me. So we're going to chop this. I'll engage with your ideas in a moment, but this doesn't serve the podcast well. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all my content, I appreciate you listening and watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.